everyone, this is Ed Hoffman and welcome to the main event. No, we're not going to take it. That's what the British citizens said to the European Union. We're not going to take it. We want our, we want our, uh, our freedom. We want our independence. And now uh, June 23rd is uh, proclaimed as uh, the United, uh, United Kingdom's Independence Day. The British voters have voted. It's our turn now, guys, in November 8th. You know what? Uh, uh, just, so, just so you know, just so you know, I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's a sign of how things are going now, what we saw in, Brit- in Britain on Thursday, um, that, hey, do we want to be part of this? And think of, think of this. The United States is 50 separate states, and let's just think of the 48 states. We're all got, we're all joined together, the 48 mainland states. We're all joined together, and we all have our borders. And every time you go over a state border, yeah, there's a, there's a somewhere between the border and, you know, 50 or 100 miles in, there's, there's usually a, a check where you have to go through and somebody, some government worker looks at you and says, yeah, you look all right. Go someone, you know, you look okay. Yeah. Let's, let's take a look. You look like you might be hiding some, hiding something. Let's look through your car. And, uh, and for the most part, there's open borders for the most part, but we're all the same country. Um, in Europe, you've got all these separate sovereign countries that are together. And when they became the European union, I don't know, was it 40 years ago? 30 years ago, however long it was, you know, they used to be, there used to be borders there. Now the borders are open so people can just go through. And as you've seen, Muslim people have, have, uh, gone over there and basically just migrated and slowly taken over one country at a time. Um, I was told about a, someone who went, went over to Paris and apparently there's neighborhoods in there where if you're not a Muslim, you don't get to go. Because just all Muslim people and, uh, you know, normal Christian people just better not stroll in there. They're not going to have a good time. Uh, it's not going to be a good experience. And uh, they've seen the, the Muslims just take over, take over Europe. I think I, uh, I, think I read an a opinion, an editorial, a few, few, uh, few months back um, about a guy in, in Europe said, hey, Europe, Europe is basically over, you know, stop, you know, uh, uh, Save the United States while you can. I saw another email email saying the facts post posts on the internet for which the government has that's been hidden by the government. Give you just an idea because this thing is long. Cadbury moved from uh, moved to Poland from uh, England in 2011 with a European Union grant. Ford Transit moved to Turkey from England uh, with a European grant. Jaguar Land Rover recently agreed to build a new plant in Slovakia with a European grant. Um, Slovakia with EU grant owned by Tata, the same company who had trashed our steelworks. Peugeot closed its Wrighton, uh, was Roots Group plant and uh, moved to Slovakia. British Army's new Ajax fighting vehicles were to be built in Spain using Swedish steel at the request of the of the European Union. You know, the European Union is trying to say, hey, you know what? Uh, let's move all your jobs here, jobs there, and it's, it goes on. Dyson and uh, Crown Closures, M&S Manufacturing, Gillette, uh, Texas Instruments. What's Texas Instruments doing in Greenock, England? Going to it's going to Germany, in Desit, uh, Tidefit. Um, there's a bunch of companies here I've never heard of. Hoover, Hoover Merther Factory moved out of the UK to Czech uh, Czech Republic in the Far East. Um, but up, but up, but up, but up. I'm looking for companies I've heard of. 
Oh yeah, I'm not. I don't live in the. the I don't live in the Europe, so I may not. So I may not know. Um. So you know what? Uh. Uh. And the the immigrant situation, the job situation, and you know, you think about it with those open borders. England is an island. They've got water all around them. They have their own borders. But because of the European Union, they can't because if they're part of that, that's not the agreement. And they finally said, enough. Enough. And you know what? And think about this. I was watching the movie, uh, the movie Moneyball the other day. And what a great movie. And I've used lines from that uh, for since it came out two, three years ago. That is such a great movie. And and here's a here's a scene I want to play that just describes you know what some people it's the somebody posted this on on YouTube and I said this guy posted it because it was about baseball. This scene is not about baseball. This is about the world. Let me play it. One of the great things about money is it it buys a lot of things. One of which is the luxury to, to disregard what baseball likes, doesn't like, what baseball thinks, doesn't think. <laughs> For 41 million, you built a playoff team. You lost Damon, Giambi, Isringhausen, Pena, and you won more games without them than you did with them. You won the exact same number of games that the Yankees won, but the Yankees spent 1.4 million per win, and you paid 260,000. I know you're taking it in the teeth out there, but the first guy through the wall, he always gets bloody. Always. This is threatening, not just a way of doing business, but, it's, but in their minds, it's threatening the game. But it's really what it's threatening is their livelihood. It's threatening their jobs. It's threatening the way that they do things. And every time that happens, whether it's a government or a way of doing business or whatever it is, the people who are holding the reins, they have their hands on the switch, they go crazy. You know what? That's exactly what's happening right now. It's exactly what we're seeing happen in the United States. And, uh, you know, where, where Billy Bean of the Oakland, Oakland Athletics uh, was in the movie Moneyball, but, the, but what we're seeing happen in the United States is Donald Trump. And he's threatening everybody's way, the, the way that the establishment has already done it. And I'm going to show you just some of the things that the establishment is trying to pull over on us. And it's time to wake up, America. I'm going to show you a lot of stuff that happened this week. But first, let me introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located in the city of Moreno Valley, also offices in Temecula, Corona, Downey, Westlake Village, and Covina to service all of Southern California for all your real estate financing needs. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are plenty of them out there, you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free area code 855 855- 640-2020. If you want to get some information but you don't want to talk on the phone, you can go to edhoffman.net, click on apply now, giving me as much information as you want to give me, and uh, let me know what kind of information you want back. You'll hear back from uh, from myself or one of my teammates, Matt Bradbury, Randy Sampius, Alex Rojas, uh, Justin Clark, or Eric Marquez, and we will help you uh, fill in the blanks on all, fill in the missing pieces to your real, to your financing puzzle. Uh, whether you're looking to buy a house. Uh, buy a new house to live in, a uh, house to rent, a vacation home, or if you want to get your kids out of your basement um, and get them out, oh, I don't care, get them out, I'll co-sign for them if I have to. Hey, we'll give you some options. Uh, if you're a senior and you're looking for a reverse mortgage and you want someone to talk straight to you instead of just blowing smoke, 
in your in your nether regions, uh, call me and we'll uh, we'll get you all the information. If you hear something that you want repeated on the show today, you can uh, hear the replay at edhoffman.net. Click on listen to the main event, or you can uh, get the same thing on uh, get the podcast on am590theanswer.com, or go to iTunes and search Ed Hoffman or search the main event. You'll see uh, my this show as well as four past shows, and you can subscribe for free. Have them download automatically once a week to your iPad, your iPhone, your iWatch, your iPod, your uh, computer, whatever device you use iTunes on. I think your Android and all that stuff. So whatever whatever kind of electronic device can uh, download for free, and then you don't have to. Uh, you can listen anytime you want instead of just when it plays on the radio. Um, follow me on Twitter if you don't want to wait to hear hear what I think about something. I tweet on current events all week long. And uh, the Facebook show on Facebook is... Uh, the Facebook page on Facebook is the main event 590. Um, you can also read my weekly columns in IE Business Daily. That's IE, like Inland Empire, businessdaily.com. Click on the opinion tab and you'll see my full list of columns. This week's column is about government turning its back on American citizens for the sake of political uh, correctness. Um, I talk about some things you may or may not know about, but I'm sure to uh, raise your blood pressure on that one. So uh, let's talk about what's going on. The big news on Monday this week was the Department of Justice ordered the FBI to omit portions of the 9-11 call uh, that Orlando nightclub shooter Omar Mateen made before killing 49 people out of the allegiance to ISIS, which we knew about. But when they released the tapes, the first, when they released the tapes, they decided to cut them up. The first clue uh, that the Department of Justice was up to something was on uh, Meet the Press when Attorney General Loretta Lynch told Chuck Todd that FBI would release a partial transcript of the call. You say partial. What's being left out? Well, what we're not going to do is further proclaim this individual's pledges of allegiance to terrorist groups and further his propaganda. So we're not going to hear him talk about those things? We will hear him talk about some of those things, but we're not going to hear him make his assertions of allegiance and that. Doesn't that make you feel nice? That's just so nice. We, 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 don't, want to, we don't want anybody to hear the truth. You know, does this remind you of something like uh, a book that we all read in school by George Orwell, uh, 1984? Let's see, I think he missed it by about 32 years, but it's happening. Big Brother's out there. Okay, when the transcript was, was released Monday, it was, uh, it was clear the real reason that this was done was to omit any reference uh, to Islam. Oh, we've never heard that. In the Obama administration, here's Fox's Catherine Herridge reading reading it as it was redacted. This is how the Department of Justice released it, in the uh, where they say uh, redacted, taking the place of the omitted words. It reads in part, Dispatcher, what's your name? Omar Mateen. My name is, I pledge allegiance to redacted. Dispatcher, okay, what's your name? Mateen, I pledge allegiance to redacted. May God protect him on behalf of redacted. Oh, and just notice that he said, may God protect him. You know, they, they, uh, whenever, whenever he said the word Allah, they replaced it with God. Uh, Monday morning, the media questioned White House Press Secretary Josh Ernest on the references to Islam being redacted. He was happy to shift the blame to the Department of Justice and the FBI. The decision about the release of the transcripts uh, is one that was made solely by Department of Justice and FBI officials. Uh, they're doing that consistent with their assessment about the best way to advance the investigation. Uh, and so um, for questions about the transcripts, I'd refer to them. 
No, Obama had nothing to do with it. No, we wouldn't think we wouldn't think the one president that we have that really wasn't born in the United States and was uh, uh, you know born of a Muslim father, you know, raised part of his life by a Muslim uh, a Muslim uh, stepdad in a Muslim country in in uh, Indonesia, which is ninety five percent of the population in Indonesia is Muslim. We wouldn't think that he'd be protecting Muslim people. Oh, who is uh, his uh, personal right hand? Uh, person Valerie Jarrett, born in Iran, and uh, you know, it's, there's there's no clue that would lead us to believe that he would try to to block anything. It's the Department of Justice and the FBI, because that James Comey guy, you know, he's got a thing. He's got a thing for Muslim people and the and the religion of Islam. But the pressure mounted, and by Monday, the Department of Justice caved and allowed the FBI to release the full transcript. So here's what it really said. So, uh, uh, pray. this is uh, Omar Mateen. Praise be to Allah, and the prayers as well as peace be upon the Prophet of Allah. I let you know I'm in Orlando, and I did the shootings. The dispatcher says, what's your name? And Mateen says, my name is I pledge of allegiance to Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi of the Islamic State. The dispatcher again says, okay, what's your name? I pledge allegiance to Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. May Allah protect him on behalf of the Islamic State. Uh, I don't know. What the... I don't know. What do you think about this? You know, uh, what What were they trying to hide? I wonder. I wonder what the thing is. So back to Loretta Lynch for a minute. She made this, she made this ridiculous statement in a press conference from Orlando on Wednesday. And I thought, I just, I thought, I thought this was a, was a laugh and a half. Our most effective response to terror and to hatred is compassion, it's unity, and it's love. Love, exciting and new. Yes, folks, welcome to the Islamic State, where America and Islam joins together and holds hands and is peace and everybody loves each other. That's all we need is compassion, understanding, Unity and love. They won't cut our heads off if we just love each other. So, uh, just amazing. It's just amazing how, how, how people can just be so off. How do, people, how do two people look at the same exact thing and see two, two completely different situations? That's what we have to have is love. And the, and the Muslims will stop hating us and cutting our heads off. So, uh, you know, um, phasing into how the, how the Democrats in, interpret the whole thing in Orlando. You know, congressional Democrats stage a 25-hour sit-in because they don't look at this as a, as a, uh, a radical Muslim extremist, raz, radical Islamic extremist uh, terrorist groups. This is about gun control. So the, they, they decide to stage a 25-hour sit-in on the House floor Wednesday night which is right before they uh, adjourn for uh, another uh, a week of uh, vacation, or a week and a half. And uh, Wednesday night, it's over the lack of action on gun control. The point was supposedly to force Congress to vote on expanding background checks and banning gun sales uh, to the people on the no-fly list, which, if you remember, we discussed this last week with uh, Joey Jones. And, uh, you know, and I thought about this after after I'd uh, uh, done the interview. And after I thought about it, you know, say, you know what? The no-fly list, people, the government, we have evidence, the no-fly list and the terrorist watch list, both, we have evidence that 
there are people on there that shouldn't be there. And there's also been people taken off by the government. And I guess, and I guess, um, I guess I'd have to concede to Joey that, you know, we don't want a list. I mean, you got to have, you got to be keeping an eye. The FBI has to be keeping an eye on, on things. And there should be some background checks and some cross reference to the list. But to have a list that absolutely, if you're not on, if you're not, if you're on this list, you don't get to buy a gun. Um, I mean, 10 days is a long time. And in, if you've got a, uh, if they're doing an FBI background check, what are they looking for? What are they doing in those 10 days? If in 10 days they can't find something like this, find out that this person's on the terrorist watch list and that the FBI had questioned this guy and say, hey, this guy uh, is trying to buy a gun. Hmm, maybe we better keep an eye on him. Or this guy just bought a gun. Let's go keep an eye on him. Let's just take a look and see what this guy is up to. Because we noticed that uh, uh, these guys are buying guns right before they decide to, to uh, uh, tarnish their background their background uh, information. Well, you know what? If we run a background check, this guy doesn't have any records of being being crazy or, or threatening people, even though this guy did. Um, but the... Uh, um, but the, the moment, the moment they try to buy a gun and then do it, and the next thing you know, they're dead and, oh, it's a good thing we got him on the list now. He's dead, but we got him on the list and so are 49 other people. So, uh, so, uh, I, I, uh, I get, a, I veer off the, veer off the trail here. So as a response to the Orlando attack, they tried to say that the, uh, their sit-in was a response to the Orlando attack, but in reality, it was a bunch of political theater. Listen to Congressman John Lewis and John Larson uh, making their little rants. Let us vote. We came here to do our job. We came here to work. Rise up, Democrats. Rise up, Americans. This cannot stand. We will occupy this floor. We will no longer be denied a right to vote. Preach on, Pastor Larson and Reverend Lewis. Except for why don't you get passionate about something that is really that really makes a difference? You know, at a uh, gun control, let's control guns. Let's control guns. After a 25-hour sit-in, uh, Speaker Ryan adjourned uh, until July 5th as the Democrats chanted, "No bill, no break. No bill, no break." We'll report the title of the joint resolution. The Democrats pretended the whole thing was an act of nobility for the Orlando victims, but Speaker Paul Ryan called it what it really was, a fundraising event. We are not going to allow stunts like this to stop us from carrying out the people's business. They are sending out fundraising solicitations like this one. House Democrats on the House floor. Your contribution will go to the DCCC. Fifteen dollars. If this is not a political stunt, then why are they trying to raise money off of this? Off of a tragedy. Our focus needs to be on confronting radical extremism. Terrorism is the issue. Let me say it again. Terrorism is the issue. That's exactly it. It's terrorism. It's not gun control. Now, uh, this week, um, the the Senate did vote on four different four different uh, four different bills. One was from uh, Diane Feinstein, and one was from uh, there were two of them that two of them written by by uh, Democrats and two of them written by Republicans. And uh, the Senate voted them down. Uh, one of them actually got a majority, which was uh, I think uh, some some uh, con- some congressman or senator named Collins, 
and um, I'm trying to think of all, the, all what the, what they said. Some of them were um, to to uh, put people on the no-fly list that they couldn't buy guns, or at least to alert the FBI so they could go check out. Hey, they just bought a gun. Um, but apparently, apparently the the way they're written, hey, if, if you're on this list, you're you're not getting a gun, you know. And and I come back to uh, something that Joey Jones said: the only thing easier to buy than a legal gun is an illegal gun. And so you realize when we change the laws, the only people that obey them are the law-abiding citizens, and law-abiding citizens should have a right to a gun. You you know, criminals, criminals and killers and people that that uh, would do things like kill people with guns, they don't care what the laws are because they're going to go kill somebody anyway. So, uh, you know, Democrats are dumb enough to think that, that, uh, you know, the answer to solving all this terrorism is to just limit people's, limit people's, uh, access to guns. And I just think it's, I think it's hooey. I think it's hooey. One of the bills was, was talking about closing the gun show loophole. I don't know about you, but I've been to gun shows and there's no loophole. The loophole say, Hey, you don't have to have a background check if you buy a gun at a gun show. Well, the only way you can buy buy a gun at a gun show without a background check is if you're walking down the if you're walking down one of the aisles and and somebody bumps in you and says, "Hey, buddy, want to buy a gun?" And you know what? You can do that just about anywhere. Hey, buddy, you want to buy a gun? Uh, I would imagine you can probably look in the look in the uh, in the uh, newspaper or on Craigslist and find people that are selling guns and probably transfer those things. You know, if you're not a law-abiding citizen and the person who's who's selling is law, not a lot of, hey, you know what? Uh, I have I have this gun for sale. I want to sell it for five hundred bucks, or uh, three hundred bucks. And uh, uh, would you like to buy it? Well, the legal way is to uh, we got to go down to the guns the gun shop and have them do all the transfer paperwork. Well, I don't really want to do that. Um, what if I just give you five hundred dollars for it? Would that be? And so we don't have to do it. I'll go do the paperwork later. Uh, Hmm, let me see. Do I want three hundred dollars and drive down and have the hassle, or do I want to take five hundred dollars and uh, not hassle? Eh, here's your gun, buddy. Thanks. You know that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff is is a lot more likely than doing it at a gun show. And don't be uh, don't be don't be fooled by people talking about the gun show loophole, the internet loophole. You know what? The only way that you're going to buy a gun that isn't isn't registered is to buy pieces of the gun and put it together yourself. And, uh, as I understand it, that can be done, but I didn't hear anybody saying anything about that. Hey, you can buy pieces. You can buy pieces of just about anything you want on the, on the internet. And if it's not guns, it's knives. And, uh, didn't I see, I saw something else on there someplace in Europe. They're trying to ban knives, save lives, ban knives. Well, I don't know about you folks. It's like the uh, it's like the people in Britain, Britain said. I'll end the end the first half with this. The people in Britain said, "We're not gonna take it. We're not gonna take it. We're not gonna let you tell us what, that we can't use our toaster, or our hair dryers can't be more than a certain watt, or our our uh, our, our little electric teapots uh, use up too much energy." And I see November eighth as a repeat of what we just saw in the European Union. I'm out of time for part one of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes of commercials and traffic and weather, and I'll be right back with part two. Don't go away. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. 
If you need help with uh, real estate financing, call me at toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's what I do the best because that's what I do all day. But I also pay attention. And so I, uh, I don't talk too much about mortgages and financing very often when it's, uh, when it's pertinent. I will tell you that uh, uh, interest rates seem to be going down again, contrary to the commercial I've been running. Um, they seem to be, you know, with the breakup of the European Union, I guess I better put a new commercial on there and uh, change that. Um, I spend so much time prepping for the show that writing a commercial, you know, that's an extra like 15 minutes to write those, write those words that I have to say in 60 seconds. So, but if you, uh, if you hear something that sounds like common sense and it sounds like, uh, uh, that I think like you do, and you want some straight talk about your reverse mortgage, your forward mortgage, your purchase, your refinance rates are really, really, really good. They're, they're probably going to go lower than they've been now. Uh, since the breakup of the European Union. I don't know how long it'll last, but I would expect that we're going to see more countries after this now that, uh, now that uh, the, United, the United Kingdom has, has broken away. Uh, expect Netherlands and uh, probably a few other, few other countries to come uh, shortly, shortly behind and we'll probably see the breakup. Kind of what uh, I thought is a, is a distinct possibility in the United States as Alaska was trying to secede from the Union. Um, I think we need to... Uh, the California could secede from the union, but we need to kick out all the Democrats and send them to uh, some some state like Minnesota, where all the, uh, the Somali immigrants are, or uh, the Muslim people. Send send them to Minnesota. That sounds like a nice place for Democrats. And uh, let's all us Republicans. We have guns. They don't. Let's use them. Let's take our state back. And uh, become uh, the country of California. I don't know. I'm not starting a movement. I'm just uh, ran- I'm just rambling on the on the radio. So anyway, um, uh, um, um, um. So uh, where was I? We've been talking about the stuff that's gone on this gone on this week. And uh, let me continue. The uh, Supreme Court of the United States was deadlocked on Obama's immigration plan uh, Thursday. The Supreme Court handed President Obama a major defeat. The court was deadlocked in a four four tie vote, which means basically that. Uh, the lower court that ruled that Obama's plan to shield illegal immigrations from from deportation, they uphold that. Um, here's his reaction, which sounds a lot like he thinks illegal immigrants should have the same rights as U.S. citizens. Today's decision is frustrating to those who seek to grow our economy and bring a rationality to our immigration system and to allow people to come out of the shadows and lift this perpetual cloud on them. I think it is heartbreaking for the millions of immigrants who made their lives here, who've raised families here, who hoped for the opportunity to work, pay taxes, serve in our military, and more fully contribute to this country we all love uh, in an open way. You know what? I have I have some issues with some of the things he said. P- that, that this is uh, causing problems for pay- people who wa- who want to bring rationality to our immigration system. How is having no immigration system an immigration system? How is not not uh, enforcing the law our immigration system? Let's bring rationale to our immigration system. If you just come over, you get to stay. How is that rationale? And then, uh, you know, since when are, are illegal immigrants paying taxes and serving in our military? I don't know. I think to join the military, you have to show some ID. And you know what? I talked to uh, to Joey Jones, and I've talked to guys at the the Grizzly Bunch, the bunch of the guys they call themselves the Grizzlies out at March Air Force Base. And you know what? You think, hey, you know what? Our our military is volunteer. 
you don't just automatically get to be in the military. You say, I'm going to, I'm just going to go join the army. You got to go through background checks and pass tests and do all that stuff. They're being selective of the people that they take into the military and they're not just taking anybody. Well, you know, I couldn't pass, couldn't pass high school. I'll just, I'll just go in the military. They'll take care of me. Sorry. That's not happening. That is not happening. And uh, so I have to I have to call BS on Obama's BS that comes spurring out every time his mouth opens. Uh, remember the only the only uh, we only have eight court justices now, uh, because the late uh, Justice Antonin Scalia uh, has not been replaced. The ninth justice would have would have broken the tie. And if Obama's nominee, and of course if Antonin Scalia would have been alive, he would have voted. He would have voted down anyway because he was a conservative. So we'd be the same place where we are now. Uh, Obama's, if Obama's uh, nominee Merrick Garland had been appointed, then the president would have gotten his way, and uh, we would not be able to deport illegal aliens. So uh, I'm sorry, uh, undocumented Democrats. Um, so uh, so Obama lashed out at the Republicans in Congress for blocking Garland's nomination. This is part of the consequence of the Republican failure so far to give a fair hearing to Mr. Merrick Garland, my nominee to the Supreme Court. They are allowing partisan politics to jeopardize something as fundamental as the impartiality and integrity of our justice system. Uh, And America should not let it stand. Yeah, this is partisan politics and America should not let it stand. It's because I didn't get my way. When I don't get my way, it's partisan politics. I want to be, you know, if everybody, both parties should agree that whatever I say goes. And plus, before I say anything, I always run it by my assistant, uh, Valerie Jarrett, who, uh, you know, did I mention she was born in Iran? I don't know. Did I mention that Obama was raised in Indonesia? I don't know. It's just maybe this stuff is just not even material to you. Maybe I'm just that kind of guy. Maybe I'm just that kind of guy. You know, I get it. I get my my uh, the hairs on my arms start standing up when I when I hear the Star Spangled Banner and I see uh, see uh, the American flag and and uh, when I hear people talk talk strong about how America how America is great and uh, you know I can I choose my I I I've picked my favorites for president based on how they make me feel about America because I think that's what we loved about uh, Ronald Reagan. The establishment didn't like him. But the people loved him because he was a, the great communicator. He, when he spoke, and you felt you what the way you felt about America when he spoke, just made you feel great about being an American, and you're proud that we have the the strongest, toughest military, and we and we have the strongest economy, and we do good things with you know our our country when we when we see injustice in the world. You know, it's not a question of hey, we're policing the world. We're not policing the world. We're going out there and being doing good things for people. We're helping the helping the countries that that need help and uh, within within our abilities, and we're fighting injustices when it's happening. And uh, it's not we're not just policing the world. No, do we need to police the world? I don't know that we I don't know that we need to, and we can't help everybody, but we do what we can, and that's what's great about America. And you know that's why that's what's great about Americans. You know what? If the government stops taxing us and taking care of everybody, everybody will still take care of everybody. The only difference is we get to take home more of our paycheck and we will and we will all be more charitable with that and we'll help everybody our way, not the government's way. It won't be forced and therefore we won't have to pay 900 different people 
to do something that one person can do so we can provide jobs for all the president's friends. Just saying. I go off on my rant. Okay, so uh, uh, I got off, got, off, got off my notes a little bit because I'm an American. I feel good about how what I how I treat how I treat my borrowers, my clients, my realtors. I feel good about how I treat my employees, and I feel good about the the good things that we do with our money and to help vets and and uh, and various other charities that my wife and I and our all of our employees and I uh, support. And you know what? That's what's great about America. So anyway. Uh, let's go on. This week in the election, it was a big week in presidential politics with Trump firing back. Fire, well, he fired a campaign manager. First he, first, he began with firing campaign manager Corey Lewandowski and placing campaign veteran Paul Manafort in charge. Manafort. You're fired. Yeah, Manafort in charge. Uh, he, no, you're fired, buddy. And, uh, you know, and, I, and people go, oh, Trump's campaign's in trouble. You know, Trump's campaign went from from a from a one state at a time to now the whole country. You know, before he was he was uh, competing against other Republicans who had the same the same uh platform as him, similar similar but the same conservative platform and he had to knock them off one at a time and he spent a bunch of his own money and he went did his thing to say, "Hey, I'm the guy that's going to be strong." And even though the establishment doesn't like him, the people do. The people feel good. They get to hear him make you feel good about America. We all want to win, and I think, regardless of what the polls are saying out there, you know, it's gonna. You know, the polls showed that that uh, Great Britain was gonna stay in the European Union. It was close, but it, it's, the polls showed that uh, uh, splitting from the European Union wasn't gonna win. And when the people that did those polls got behind the curtain and cast their vote. They cast their vote. They they voted their heart. They didn't vote what uh you know what what is uh politically correct to say. Well, no, I want to be part of the European Union. Okay, and then you get behind and say, no, you know what? This is BS. I'm tired of the European Union telling us what we what we have to do. We need to be on our own. And when you're behind that curtain, then they're gonna say, hey, you know what? I don't think Hillary Clinton's gonna do anything for me. I don't think Hillary Clinton's gonna do anything uh, to cha- to make this country great. I don't think she's gonna. I don't think. The way it's going is is okay. They're gonna get behind the get behind the the uh, well get behind the curtain. I don't know where they have curtains where I vote. You just go into a little a little cubicle next to the next to other people in the cubicles and you mark your ballot. We didn't even have computer uh, voting this uh, on this primary. So anyway, Trump's been using a teleprompter during his rallies, spending more time talking about Hillary Clinton's corruption. Uh, like how she gave special treatment to foreign governments while she was Secretary of State. You know, she, you know how come we didn't have some clips from Hillary's uh, uh, speech last week or a few days before this one, where she just talked about how what a what a loser Trump was and he just making money and all that stuff. We probably should have done that. We'll we'll bring those in later. So, uh, but uh, you know, like she was a special treatment she gave to foreign governments while she was Secretary of State. If they gave money to her family's cash cow, the Clinton Foundation. Let's play a little piece of that. Hillary Clinton has perfected the politics of personal profit and even theft. She gets rich making you poor. No secretary of state has been more wrong more often and in more places. Her decisions spread death, destruction, and terrorism everywhere she touched. ISIS threatens us today 
because of the decisions Hillary Clinton has made. Hillary Clinton may be the most corrupt person ever to seek the presidency of the United States. Yeah, I don't know if uh, if you've seen some of the uh, the political action committee out there that's putting out uh, anti-Hillary stuff. You know what? Trump doesn't have to spend money at the political action committee. If political action committees are spending the money to, uh, and they're not even they're not out there saying, "Hey, vote for Trump, make America great again." They're saying, "Look at what our look at what Hillary's done. Don't listen to her BS. That this is this is her track record. She talks out of both sides of her mouth." I'll see if we can find one of those before the end of the show. Um, but you know which governments is is is, uh, is Trump talking about? They took money. Saudi Arabia gave at least ten million dollars to the Clinton Foundation, but doesn't even allow. But you know here, Hillary's Hillary's a champion for women. She's going to make sure that women are have uh, the right to the their they get the same same pay as men, and we're going to make sure they got rights, and we're going to stand up for women. Remember the clip last, you know, hey, she's she's the women's liver, but, you know, she's taking money from Saudi Arabia. You know, who gives you $10 million and doesn't expect something in return? I don't know. I just feel like I want to make a donation to the, to the Hillary Clinton Foundation. Oh, I'm sorry. The William Jefferson Clinton Foundation, uh, who's not a president. I think we just make a, uh, a donation because I like the way they come over and, and teach our women how to... Uh, how to be moms or whatever whatever else dumb things they say that they do what they really do is was provide chartered jets for uh for Bill and Hillary to fly around on um but they but this country at the same time they don't allow their women to drive won't let them work or travel around without their husband's permission and make certain homosexual acts punishable punishable by death i wonder which ones uh no i don't um kuwait Kuwait gave at least $5 million to the Clinton Foundation, but has no domestic violence laws and puts gay men in prison for up to seven years. No domestic violence laws, okay. Uh, the United Arab Emirates, which donated at least a million dollars to the Clinton Foundation, but gives men the legal right to discipline their wives through physical violence. That's nice. I thought about that. Is that a good idea? Nah, my wife, my wife will hit back. So I guess not. I've never, I never, I just don't think that's a good thing. But she's a champion for women. She's championing the cause to women. Meanwhile, Hillary is taking shots at Trump's, uh, Trump's, Trump's tax returns. And while he's saying, hey, she did this, she's taking money for this. And hey, she lied about the video uh, at Benghazi. And she did this and did that. And she ignored the emails from Chris Stevens asking for more security at our at our uh, consulate in Benghazi. And she, uh, they ignored the calls for help when we were getting attacked in Benghazi. And she created an email server that she absolutely knew was illegal. And did you see that they tried to question the uh, her guy that she called to set up the, uh, set up the, uh, the, the, the illegal server at her house in Chappaqua, New York, and I assume that and use the uh, the uh, internet service provider in Colorado, uh, where it was being uh, uh, provided by some unit in in a closet in somebody's bathroom or next to their bathroom. You know, she set all that stuff up, and she and the guy who did it for her, uh, was being. And I thought he had a. Uh, I thought they gave him a, a plea bargain of some sort. 
and uh, and he went and was questioned uh, this week as well, and he pleaded, uh, took his Fifth Amendment privileges, which means he basically wouldn't say anything because he was a. Uh, uh, he's asserting his Fifth Amendment privileges, which means you can't be made to incriminate yourself. Um, you can't be forced to make statements that might send yourself to jail. Um, so he he did that over 125 times while he was being questioned about this. Why do you think people take their Fifth Amendment privileges? Why do you think they they refuse to testify? I don't know. Maybe because they did something wrong and they don't want to have to tell if they tell, hey, if I tell you, I either have to tell the truth and I'm going to go to jail or I have to lie to you. So I just won't say anything. Kind of what Lois Lerner at the IRS did when they questioned her as to why they were discriminating against uh, conservative groups. I don't know. The IRS, there's some more of that big brother thing. So uh, so meanwhile, Hillary's Hillary's trying to divert the attention Divert the attention. Last week, Joey Jones said, "Hey, if you're completely if you're completely incompetent at at fighting terrorism, when it happens, just divert the attention over to gun control, so no one will focus on. Hey, you screwed up and didn't protect us. So when you're completely guilty of everything that that Trump said, and I and I and like uh, like my buddy Scott McAfee, I really can't wait to see the Trump the." the the debates between Trump and uh, Clinton and see him see her she can't deny it and she can't and she has no answer for these things that that she's done there's no answer for it and when you put them side by side she can't just BS her way through it I think she's I think he's gonna destroy her but instead she's trying to change the tr- the subject to talking about Donald Trump's tax returns to call his wealth into question every major presidential candidate in the last four decades has shown the American people their taxes. In fact, Donald actually told Mitt Romney to do it, and he said that if he ever ran for president, he would release his returns. My husband and I have released ours going back nearly 40 years, and now Donald's refusing to do so. You have to ask yourself, what's he afraid of? Maybe that we'll learn he hasn't paid taxes on his huge income. We know that happened for at least a few years. He paid nothing or close to it. Or maybe he isn't as rich as he claims. Yeah, you know, this is such bull. Let's talk about some of the things she said. You know what? Uh, they they released their taxes for nearly 40 years. Why is that? Is that because for the last 40 years... Her and her husband have been living off off uh, taxpayer money. Hmm, I don't know. They ha- why would they have to release their tax returns for the last nearly forty years? Because that's how long you guys have been paying for my lavish lifestyle. And you know what? When you have a uh, when you have a foundation, a five hundred one c three or a five hundred one c four, whichever it is, that that takes in donations from uh front they have a they have a uh, a uh, nonprofit in Canada that takes in donations and the donations from the nonprofit in Canada funnel funnel money into the Clinton Foundation which is in United States and that way they don't have to disclose where the money came from into into uh into the Clinton Foundation because it all came from a 501c3 or whatever they call it in in Canada in Canada but where did the money come from originally? You know what? If you take your money from uh, your right pocket to your left pocket and mix it in with the money in your left pocket, how do we know which money came from where? 
You know, you have uh, 320s. You have 320s in your left pocket now. You know, earlier you had 220s in your right and 120 in your left. Which, where did this 20 come from? I don't know. I can't tell the difference. I don't know. Do you think that you think that was accidental? You think I will say one thing: Hillary Clinton's not stupid. She's not trustworthy. She's a liar, but she's not stupid. And uh, so let's talk about that. So here, here's the question that, that I want to know. Hey, we've shown our personal taxes. Why don't you show the Clinton Foundation uh, books? I bet you those are a lot more. That's a lot more interesting read. I bet you. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. I haven't read them, but I don't think she's seen Donald Trump's. And how does she know that Donald Trump has paid no taxes or very little taxes? We know that's a fact for a few years back. How do you know that? You know, one of the set was it Harry Reid that was on the Senate floor and said, we know that uh, that uh, Mitt Romney paid no taxes uh, in the last X amount of years. How does how does he know that? I have a hard time thinking that someone as big as Donald Trump could get away with paying no taxes. Because I know I know how how long I could go without filing an extension before the IRS is sending me stuff saying, "Hey, we didn't get your tax return." And I know uh, I know how they how they deal with the uh, with uh, I, you know I made a I made a significant amount of money and I paid a significant amount of money and I filed my filed my taxes a few years back. And uh, I had to write a check for sixty-two thousand dollars on top of what I'd paid in all year, and uh, and then uh, uh, a couple years later they say, hey, we want to look at this one little form on two thousand twelve, which is amounts to about six grand of, and I don't write off anything I don't have a canceled check or a credit card receipt for, just because I know the IRS, the IRS is a tough is a is a tough organization to have a fight with. But they, you know, they want to question six thousand dollars worth of write-offs that I put on, put on for uh, for stuff I have canceled checks for. Wait a minute, I paid you hundreds of thousands of dollars, and you want to do that? You think that that they're going after me, but they're not looking at Donald Trump? But Hillary Clinton thinks that that's what we're trying to see. And uh, and then here's the last part: is do we care how rich Donald Trump is? I know this. He spent fifty million dollars of his own money. Didn't he? I didn't. I never got any any requests to donate to the Trump to the Trump campaign till just the last couple of weeks. And you know, quite frankly, if he paid his way to become our nominee, um, I think I will probably donate to that because it's probably uh, not probably fair that he pays all all that money when uh, people are do, are donated to the Republican National Committee so they can. Uh, so they can uh, they can send out those those big envelopes that say, "Hey, we're taking a survey." And on the and when I open those things up, the first thing I do is go to the back page on the bottom and see how much would you like to donate twenty five dollars, fifty dollars, five hundred dollars, a thousand dollars. And I say, "Okay, they don't care about what I fill out on the rest; they just want the check." And that's what they're spending their money on. And for people to dial me when I don't want to talk talk to anybody on the phone, you know, uh, I would say, "Hey, I'm a Republican." I'm a conservative, but the Republican Party's kind of turned their back on us and uh, done nothing when we put them in power. So that's uh, that's that's how I feel about that. And uh, so, do we really care how rich Trump is? I know, however much money Trump has, it's more than me. It's enough to pay for his uh, for fifty million dollars. So he's which, as I understand, that Carly Fiorina, who was one of my favorites, was worth forty five million dollars. So he spent. $50 million. And, uh, I was perfectly happy with Carly Fiorina on the ticket, um, before. So, 
he's rich enough. He's rich enough for me. And uh, and if he wasn't, he's sure accomplished a lot, create a lot of jobs. How rich is Hillary Clinton? She's worth a, a lot of money. And how did she make it? I don't know. She's been in public service for the last 40 years. She just said that. How did she get her money? I don't think she got it in, a, in an honorable way. So I don't really care how rich he is. I don't care if he's worth $9 billion, $10 billion, or no billion. I want to feel good about America. Folks, if you want to feel good about America, stay with me. Tune in to the main event every week. Don't forget to vote. And I'll steer you in the right direction. I'm out of time. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event, and I'll be back again with you next week.